Hello everyone, welcome back to the Legends of Brittany and the Black Art and its Masters. Sorcery is a very present power in most isolated communities and in the civilised portions of Brittany it is but a thing of yesterday while in the more secluded department it is very much a thing of today. The old folk can recall the time when the farm, the dairy and the field were ever in peril of the spell, the enchantment, the noxious beam of the evil eye, and tales of many a devilish cantrip slight, as Burns happily characterised the activity of the witch and the wizard, were told in hushed voices at the Breton fireside when the winter wind blew cold from the cruel sea and the heaped faggots sent the red glow of fire warmth athwart the thick shadows of the great farm kitchen and old and young from grandsire to herd boy made a great circle to hearken to the creepy tales so dear to the Breton heart as in the east where to refuse Bakshish is to lay oneself upon the curse of the evil eye. The beggar was regarded as the chief possessor of this bespelling member. The guild of tattered wanderers naturally nourished this superstition, and to permit one of its members to hobble off muttering threats of curses was looked upon as suicidal. Indeed, the Americans were wont to boast of their feats of sorcery to the terrified peasants, who hastened to placate them by all the means in their power. Certain villagers, too, appear to have possessed an evil reputation among the country folk as the dwelling places of magicians, centres of sorcery, which it was advisable to shun. Thus, we go into Britain proverb of sorceries, fugies trevis of concourie of lazé. The strangest, strangest circumstances were connected with the phenomena of sorcery by the incredulous Bretons. Thus, did a peasant join a dance of witches? The sabbats he had would be worn out in the course of the merrymaking. A churn of turned butter, a sour pail of milk, was certain to be accounted for by sorcery. In a certain village, in Moncontour, the cows, the dog, even the harmless necessary cat, died off, and the farmer hastened to consult a diviner, who advised him to throw milk in the fire and recite certain prayers. The farmer obeyed and the spell was broken. In the town of Rennes, about fifty years ago, dwelt a knowing fellow called Robert, a very witch doctor, who invest investigated cases of sorcery, undertook the dissipation of enchantments. On a certain large farm, the milk would yield no butter, and agriculture expert might have hinted at poor pasturage 
but the farmer and his wife had other views as to the cause of the insufficiency of fats, as an analyst would say. In the lacteal output of the establishment, straight away they betook themselves to the mysterious Robert. One arriving to investigate the affair was attired in a skin dyed in two colours. He held a leash, a large black dog was on it, evidently his familiar. He exercised the dairy and went through a number of strange ceremonies. Then, turning to the awestruck farmhands, he said, You may now proceed with the work. The spell is raised. It has been a slow business. I must go now. But don't be afraid if you say anything odd. With these words he whistled, and a great black horse at once appeared, as if from nowhere. Placing his hand on its crupper, he vaulted into the saddle, bade goodbye to the astonished rustics, and while they gazed at him open-mouthed, he vanished like a flash. Many kinds of amulets or talismans were used by Breton peasantry to neutralise the power of sorcerers. Thus, if a person carried a snake with him, the enchanters would be unable to harm his sight, and all objects would appear to him under their natural forms. Salt placed in various parts of the house guarded against the entrance of wizard, wizards sorry, and rendered their spells completely void. But many consulted the witch and the sorcerer for their personal advantage. In affairs of the heart, to obtain a number in the casting of lots for conscription, which would free them from military service, and so forth. And as in other countries, there grew up a class of middlemen between the human and the supernatural, who posed as fortune tellers, astrologers, and quack mediciners. It was said that sorcerers were wont to meet at the many roches oaks fees in Brittany at fixed periods in order to deliberate as to their actions and settle their affairs. If anyone, it was declared, wandered into their circle or was caught by them listening to their secret conclave, he seldom lived long. Others terrified of the sight, presented by the gleaming eyes of the cat sorcerers, blazing like live coals, fled incontinently from their presence, and found that in the morning the hair of their heads had turned white with the dread experience. Long afterward they would sit by the fireside, trembling visibly at nothing, when interrogated regarding their very evident fears, would only groan and bury their faces in their hands. A story is told of one, Jean Falcolt, who, one moonlight night, had, like Tam O'Shanta, sat over long, fast by an ingle blazing finally, weariming swats that drunk divinely, whether cider was good as a company, basically, and issuing at midnight's weary hour from his favourite inn, was not in the mood to run away from anything, however fearsome. Walking, or rather, let's say, rolling, 
Across the moor, singing the burden of the last catch, he had trolled with his fellows of the alehouse. All on a sudden, he stumbled into a circle of saucer cats, squatting around the cross of stone. They were of immense size, and of all colours, black, grey, white, tortoise shell. And when he beheld them, seated round the crucifix, their eyes darting fire and their hair bristling on their back, his song died upon his lips, and all his bellicose feelings, like those of Bobbycus, leaked out at his fingertips. On catching sight of him, the animals set up a horrible catwalling that made the blonde freezing the blood sorry freeze in his veins. It says blonde, but there ain't no blonde in veins. It must mean blood, guys. <laughs> But it does say blonde. Made the blood freeze in his veins. For an awful moment that angry cats, as they glared at him, he felt in their looks were death and seemed as if about to spring upon him and attack. Giving himself up for lost, he closed his eyes. But about his feet, he could hear a strange purring, and glancing downward, he beheld his own domestic puss fawning upon him with every sign of affection. Pass my master, Jean Faux. Colt, said the animal. It is well, replied the grey, grey Tom, whom Jean took to be the leader. Pass on, Jean Faux, Colt. And Jean. The cider fumes in his head quite dissipated, staggered away, more dead than alive. <laughs> well, that's a definitely um, an interesting tale indeed. Um, there's a few spelling mistakes in that, I'm not sure why. It's unusual to find spelling mistakes of that nature in such books, but I guess, say, eh, there's mistakes in everything, right? Anyway, guys. When we come back, we're going to then go on to Druidic Magic. Thank you for listening to this episode and many blessings.